coming up next on the Varsity Journal Podcast. I was planning on quitting this job in the new year, but you know what? I think I'm going to stay now. And I think that I'm going to fuck with this bartender long enough until I get fired. Coming on the show is Bill Thompson, one of my favorite guests, writer for the Chicago Tribune. Was this in the uh, the the pre-digital era where you, where you're doing fantasy on, on, on the old printed out paper? <laughs> and ladies and gentlemen, we're nearing the end of the show, and uh, it's that moment you've all been waiting for. Here is the story about the crackhead. Alright ladies and gentlemen, what the hell is happening? This is episode 16 of the Varsity Journal. I am your host, Ryan Poirier. We've got a good one in store for you today. One of my favorite guests from this show, Phil Thompson, writer for the Chicago Tribune. He joins the show. We talk some fantasy football. Uh, For those that don't know, this is the semifinals week for fantasy football. Um, we've got some legitimate stakes, uh, at hand this week. Um, we've got Christmas money on the line. This is important shit. This fantasy football money can legitimately pay off my Amazon bills for this entire month. Um, we're going to get to that a little later on, uh, in the show, But before I discuss that, let's discuss something that you guys know. You guys already know this is coming. Yeah, we got a uh, another terrible work story. Um, If I couldn't, if I didn't hate my job enough, uh, this this one put me right over the edge. Uh, What happened a couple days ago? So I was. There's there's this old guy that that usually comes in to the bar and uh you know this guy's in his you know late 60s early 70s he often comes in and uh you know we talk a lot of football we do um we do some pro lines together and I hadn't seen this guy for about four weeks and you know I there he's one of the regulars at our bar and sometimes you know the regulars that come to the bar they're they're a little bit older so when they stop showing up people start talking and you know I literally thought that this guy was dead I had seen him three weeks ago at the grocery store he lost about 10 pounds he had like pneumonia or something and he was like yeah this is my first time getting out of bed in however many days um you know I I haven't been eating and his cart was just filled with Gatorade because I guess he had thought that he was going to nurse himself back to life by drinking uh, copious amounts of Gatorade. Anyway, he comes into the bar, and I'm like, holy shit, this guy, you know, he literally just risen from the dead. Uh, And I I was just finishing work. I I had some things to do, and I couldn't talk to him. But, so you know, I felt kind of bad. So I was like, okay, I'll I'll, I'll talk to you. I'll, I'll, I'll have a beer with you at the bar in about five minutes. And you guys know how much I hate my work. So usually when I, when I get off work, it's, you know, 
it's a whole get in, get out kind of pro- kind of thing for me because I don't want to stay there longer than I need to. But this guy, he just rose from the dead. And, you know, I felt kind of bad because I wanted to talk to him. He's an old guy. He doesn't have a lot of people to talk to. I was being a good person. So I go to the bar and and I'm sitting down with him and the bartender comes up to me and, you know, I, I thought she was going to ask me, you know, what I want to drink because at this point I'm just a customer. But the first thing that comes out of her mouth is, did you ask to sit here? And I'm like, what are you, you know, what are you talking about? Because I don't know the whole protocol at the bar because I don't usually, I don't usually stay there. I've never stayed there for a drink before. So I guess I had to ask the manager. And then when I asked him, he said, did you clean up the staff room? And again, I'm like, what are you talking about? So I go, I go to the back. And I guess one of the things that you have to do in order to drink at our bar, if you're a staff member, is you have to clean the entire, the entire staff room. And I look, and there's just shit everywhere. There's boots on the ground. There's people's plates all over. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm not going to clean up this staff room. I'm not going to clean up other people's shit just so I can buy a beer at my own fucking restaurant that I don't even want to be at in the first place. So I just left. You know, I felt bad for the, the guy that, that had come and I told him I was going to talk to him. And he had just literally risen from the dead. But, but yeah, so, so I just left. I was like, you know what? I'm not going to deal with this because there's going to be an email sent out about bar protocol. I'm going to get mentioned in the email. Who the fuck knows? So after work, I got some errands to do. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to buy my own beer anyway. And, uh, so I'm walking home from the beer store. I'm on the, my way to the grocery store. And I'm just having a bad day. The fucking, the case of beer just slips out of my hand. Dropped about three bottles of beer. And, uh, and now I'm just soaked in beer. And I have this case of beer that's just leaking on me. And there's shards of glass just like, ripping through the bottom of the case of beer and I go into Loblaws and I'm just a fucking mess and luckily there was there was this like little bagger boy he helped me out he got all my groceries that I needed for me and uh you know we dealt with that um so after this I was, I blamed, you know, you know me, I blamed everything on my work. I was like, you know what? This is my work's fault. The reason that I'm having a bad day, the reason I just spilled all this beer on myself is because of the fucking beer market. And I go into work the next day and I was telling two of the other bartenders about this whole story and they're like, oh yeah, uh, so-and-so already told us about this, you know, the one bartender that had asked me if I asked to sit there. And, and they're like, yeah, she, uh, she doesn't like you too much. I said, okay, well, I don't give a fuck whether or not she likes me. But then 
then I got to thinking because I was planning on quitting this job in the new year because I don't need it anymore. But you know what? I think I'm going to stay now. And I think that I'm going to fuck with this bartender long enough until I get fired. And I'm going to report back on the podcast about um, <laughs> about all those days leading up to me getting fired. I'm going to blog about it. And maybe we're going to have a little game and we're going to have a countdown to see when Ryan gets fired from the bar. Um, and maybe you guys can give me some, some ideas because it's on now. Uh, I, you know, I, I don't need this job at all, but it's fucking on. And I'm going to make this bartender's life a living hell. And, you know, I know, I know some of you guys are thinking, you know, Ryan, you're better than this. You don't need to do this. But you know what? <laughs> this is as good as I get. That's as good as I get. And I get off on doing this kind of shit. And I can't wait. Uh, so if you guys have any ideas, any tips, uh, let's talk in the new year because... I think 2019, the starting of 2019, we're going to do a little countdown, see how long it takes for me to get fired. And uh, you know what? Let's, let's just have fun with it because if this person doesn't like me, I'm going to give her a reason not to like me. Um, so let's do it. Uh, I have another great story. Um, from this week, but we're going to get to that later on too. Uh, hey, by the way, who here listens to or reads um, Barstool Sports? Who's a fan of Barstool Sports? Because I think I've gotten to the point where I'm done with Barstool. You know, I think they're, they're way too, like they want to be edgy, but... They're just not a credible news source whatsoever. I mean, their top baseball guy was a baseball player in high school sports. That was his claim to fame. And if you look it up, you look this guy up, uh, what's his name, Carabas or whatever, he had lied and he had told people that he was a that, that he played university, university baseball, and he never even did. And I guess the way for him to cover that up was by saying that he was, uh, he played baseball in university. So, either way, um, you know, they have no football guys. They're, you know, Dave Portnoy, who, who's the head of Barstool. I don't think that this guy actually, he, this guy is a, eccentric gambler. Uh, but he's not a, he's never done anything 
in sports. He he pretends like he's this huge Boston sports fan, but he'll only you'll only ever see him tweet about Boston sports during the World Series, during the Stanley Cup, during the Super Bowl. Um but anyway, aside from that, aside from them being not credible at all, one of the things that you could say about these guys is they don't need to be credible because they're funny, they write good blogs. But dude, I am fucking, I am sick of these guys because every week I'll find they will post something and it will just be an attempt to make other people mad. But the thing is, they posted this article and it didn't, necessarily make me mad but it made me just think of how biased these guys are and how so many people believe in their bias and anyway the story that they had posted about it was about there was there was a story that uh, a Yahoo lifestyle writer uh she had written an expose on nba dancers and it exposed some of the abuse that that's been going on for these nba dancers you know literally the article starts off with a woman who was told to go and sit in a broom closet for hours and think about ways that she can lose weight you know there are parts in the story where these women have to do a a jiggle test and if they're not if they don't meet the weight standards um then the coach will literally take these girls up and make them shake their fat uh in front of the rest of their teammates and you know, that way they won't come into, the idea is they won't come into practice overweight or the, they'll, you know, because they don't, they don't want to be embarrassed. And then the coach will tell them however much weight they need to, to lose. Anyway, um, it's abuse and, you know, reading some of this, it's kind of disgusting, but Barstool had posted, right after I read this entire article, Barstool had posted an article. And, you know, I wasn't surprised that they they posted something super sexist about this. But I was surprised that the person that posted this story, the article, was also a woman. And the title of the article was... NBA dancers are tired of not making the big bucks. So right off the bat, the person who wrote this article clearly didn't read the entire expose. You know, she just took it as, oh, okay, um, NBA dancers, they're they're trying to get this story out because, you know, they're not making uh, the same amount of money as professional athletes. And part, you know, part of the story was that the NBA dancers were making like three to four dollars a game. Okay, so that that was just a little a little bit from the Yahoo article, but clearly the person 
from Barstool that's writing this article, they're trying to make it sound as if um, the expose is entirely on the whole wage gap uh, and, and it's just women complaining. But if you actually read that Yahoo article, then you'll realize that this entire article is about abuse going on within within uh, these NBA dancers' practices and whatever. So Liz Gonzalez, the girl at Barcelona who had written this, it just kind of made me sad because, you know, you would never, for Barcelona, you would never see anybody write an article that would... Um, that would oppose sexist views, okay? So what Liz Gonzalez is doing, what these other women are doing at Barstool when they write these kind of articles, their mindset is that for in order for them to fit in and in order for them to keep their jobs and be bloggers at Barstool, the only way to do that is to, pr- is to prove that you're not a traditional feminist thinking woman, okay? Um, and... Like, not, not to mention, when, when you, there's already articles out there right now on the abuse and uh, everything that's going on with NFL cheerleaders. So when you title this article, NBA dancers are tired of not making the big bucks, I guess what she was doing was she was also linking this with the NFL cheerleaders controversies. Okay, and the scandal right now that's, if, if you guys want to read the story, there's a New York Times story, and it was talking about these Washington Redskins cheerleaders who were literally used as escorts at parties for the Washington Redskins owners. Um, you know, back a couple episodes when I was talking about Dan Snyder being the biggest piece of shit in the NFL, um, If you want further proof of that, then read this story. But, you know, it's just sad that in order for this woman to think that the only way that she can fit in at Barstool, the only way that she can, uh, you know, continue being a blogger and to keep her job is if she adheres to their sexist views and... You know, it's just kind of disgusting when you read an article like that Yahoo article that I was just talking to you about. Then you read this Barstool article, and it's just literally diminishing and uh, opposing any of those views. Um, you know, it's just sad, but I mean, Barcelona sports, they don't give a fuck this, that, you know, their whole mantra is that they're like an edgy, uh, they're an edgy writing platform and the, the fans that they cater to are 
or like frat, frat people, university students, um, the typical people that, that, that aren't really uh, feminist thinking viewers. Um, but anyway, that's, that's that. I mean, I, I don't have much to say about Barstool. I just think at this point, I'm just kind of done with those guys. I mean, some of their blogs were, are funny. Um, but if you're going to pretend like you're a fucking, uh, sports credible website, you know, the Barstool, they, for whatever reason, get credentials into the biggest of biggest sporting events in the world. So if you're going to act like you're a credible sporting website, I just don't think that you can be downplaying these abuse scandals that are going on. It's just kind of fucked up, but Barstool seems to get away with it uh, time and time again. Um, I have a... All right, I got, I, I got, I got a funny story about this crackhead, um, but we're going to get to that later on. Um, first, coming on the show is Phil Thompson, one of my favorite guests, writer for the Chicago Tribune. Here is my interview. It's a big week this week. It is. It's a huge week. week. What's that? It's the week. It is the week, yes. Uh, in order for us to move on, I need to publicly apologize to you. Last time you were on, I referred to you as Phil Thomas. Man, I don't know what I was thinking. I read your fucking art. I read your articles every day or every week. You know, I know your damn name. I, I, I don't know, man. I, I was tired. So joining the show, we have Phil Thompson. No, I appreciate it, and uh, believe me, uh, as many times I've been called Phil Thomas in my life, um, I, I answer to that. All right. Uh, I d yeah, I, I do need you to forgive me for that because uh, this is a massive week uh, for me in fantasy football. I started the season off 0-5, then proceeded to win eight straight, and now here we are in the semifinals. Uh, not to mention, I do perhaps have the most perplexing question of all time for you, uh, who I should start at running back. Uh, we'll get to that later on. Um, but, you know, before we do get to all that, let's address the Chicago Bears. They, they just beat the best team in football on Monday night. Are you now a believer that this team can actually go on and win the Super Bowl this year? Okay, let me quantify. I, I do believe they can because I, I believe a strong defense can propel any team to a championship. I mean, we've seen that over and over. Um, my quibble is with the consistency of the offense. And, you know, I also am a big believer of home field advantage in the playoffs. So, while I believe it's possible, possible and likely are two different things. Mm -hmm. But I think, I think they certainly can make it to the NFC Championship. So, their defense is by far the best defense in the NFL right now. Um, and one of the questions I have for you this week, this, this isn't even the big one that I have for you is Aaron Jones. You know, I've considered him a lock since, you know, since, since he, he, he started breaking out. Is he a lock this week against that Chicago defense? Oh, no, he's, he's not a lock. Ooh. Uh, it's a tough I one. Mean, well, I'm, I'm not saying don't start him. 
Mm-hmm. Not a lot. Okay. Uh, no one, no one has been. I mean, we saw what uh, the Bears did to to Ty Gurley, and I, I think I was looking for that too. I wanted to see how they would do against the, one of the best schemes in the NFL, and and clearly one of the best running backs and one of the best offensive players. Period in the NFL, and they passed that test with flying colors. So they're legitimate. Mm-hmm. Um, now, that said, as anybody who lives in Chicago knows, there is an intimacy that the Packers have with the Bears that regardless of record, regardless of what talent you have on the field, a lot of times the, the Packers just figure out a way. So that's why I would never say sit the Packers, sit all your Packers in this situation because I, I've been in Chicago too long. <laughs> You understand the heartbreak. Yeah. I mean, it's not just heartbreak. I mean, I think a lot of times you have a division rival, and in particular this rivalry, you can't dismiss either side, regardless of record. And, and the history bears that out. You, you were talking about the Chicago offense. You can't trust it. One of the guys that's been super untrustworthy this is Jordan Howard. We finally saw a 100-yard game out of him. Aside from that, tell us the truth, Phil. What, what's, going, what's gotten into this guy? Uh, what, what's gotten into Jordan Howard? And, you know, do you think that next year Chicago might forget about Jordan Howard and they, Tariq Cohen's going to be the running back of the future? I think so. I think they need another back. This is just my personal opinion. Uh, you know, I'm not privy to anything that's in the goings-on in the coaching staff, so let me issue that caveat. But when you look at Kansas City, when you look at uh, Nagy style, or Nagy, I'm sorry. So many people say Nagy. It's actually Nagy. Yeah. Um, when you look at his, his style, I don't think Jordan Howard is a fit. I think Jordan Howard fits. John Fox's style. Uh, so he's just a, not a natural for the system. I, I think the reason why he got 100 yards is you know, the, the Rams rush so much. They, sometimes they're vulnerable uh, up the middle. Uh, they're vulnerable against a run. They, they haven't been that great of a defense um, in any sense. You know, they, they get sacks. You know, they get pressure on you. But they're not phenomenal run stoppers like some other teams, and they're certainly not great defending the pass. So I think that's why you saw what happened. Now, part of the problem with Jordan Howard is Nagy doesn't doesn't follow uh, any particular script week to week. You know, it's not like a – give an example, a Nick Chubb or A.J. Green type of situation where you know they're going to get the ball the majority of the time. Mm. One week it could be Cohen, the next week it could be Gabriel, then it could be Anthony Miller, then it could be Allen Robinson. They're going to play the matchups and they're purposely going to shift your focus. It's all sleight of hand. I mean, not to dismiss what he's doing, but I mean, I think a lot of that's on purpose really make you think out there as a defense. I think this team could actually be better on offense if you didn't have the underthrows and the overthrows 
from Trubisky. Mm-hmm. Now, I think we'll see whether, you know, over time, if this is who he is or if this is just lack of experience. Hmm. Um, Derrick Henry just had one of the greatest single-game fantasy football performances we've seen in recent memory. Uh, rushed for 238 yards, four touchdowns. This being in a season where he had yet to even cross the 60-yard total. And if anything, if this isn't if this isn't the greatest single-game fantasy performance of all time, it's certainly the most surprising fantasy football games ever. Does Derrick Henry have the capability of keeping this up? He does. I mean, Derrick Henry had this ability. I, to me, I, I, this is the Derrick Henry I expected the whole season. I mean, not to this level. I didn't expect anybody except maybe Ty Gurley or, or perhaps even uh, Tariq Hill to have like this kind of explosiveness. I don't, I don't think he's quite that explosive. Hmm. So this is this is an aberration, but I certainly thought that he could be, you know, a, a um, hundred yards, two touchdown type of running back. Now, I think there's been some factors. Uh, Mariota was injured earlier in the, se- in the season. I think the, the offense has taken some time to kind of figure out what it is. Um, they used to go to Deion Lewis primarily. So they, I think they've kind of vacillated and had sort of an identity crisis in the beginning of the season, which is why I think now you're, you're seeing things start to come together. I still don't think they're consistent in the passing game, and I think that, that will always affect the running game and vice versa. Mm-hmm. But for now, you know, especially in the winter months when they're trying to pound a rock, um, when defenses have figured themselves out and they tighten up and you, you need somebody to – There was a guy in my league who had benched Henry, and after after the league, you know, after we just completely roasted this guy, I did a quick Twitter search. I just searched, like, Henry bench, and, you know, I, w- I wanted to see who else benched Henry, and it was pretty clear that the majority of fantasy football players who, who were in the playoffs last week had benched Henry. Can you recall a time where you have done anything uh, similar or heartbreaking like this in fantasy football? Oh, yeah. I, I may have mentioned it last time, but uh, again, the, the Plexico Burris situation. <laughs> right. I, I traded um, away uh, Mojo. AD. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the owner I traded him to, uh, MJD, led him to the championship. Like, he had been a good runner as a rookie, mm-hmm. but he really exploded in the last I'm talking about like, did you ever bench Clinton Portis when he when he put up five touchdowns or something like that? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I'd, I'd have to think about that though. I I've done that probably more than once, um, but nothing pops into mind right now. Uh, how about you? Do you think of anything? Uh, nothing's coming to mind. I mean, I don't think I've ever had a player that has put up a forty-eight point game. Uh, I mean, one one that's coming to mind, I think I might have, uh, it was last playoffs, I had started Josh McCown 
over Philip Rivers. Josh McCown had like a string of games, and I, I liked the matchup for whatever reason. Josh McCowan ends up uh, throwing an interception, and he's at minus two. He threw an interception his first play of the game. The next play, I think he got sacked, and he injured. Uh, he had an injury, and he was out of the game. So Josh McCowan, I have this starting quarterback who just finished with minus two, and Phillip Rivers went off for like four passing touchdowns or something that game, and I ended up losing uh, my fantasy game by – Guess how many points? Two. Oh, geez. Yeah, so I think that, that's the worst thing that comes to mind that I've ever done. I, I, got, I got two for you. Um, so, one, I believe, uh, I can't remember who the quarterback I played was, but I sat Brett Favre, I believe it was on a Monday night against the Raiders because – uh, at the time, I think it was his father who had passed away, hmm. and they didn't—they didn't know, or there was all this quandary about: Is he going to play? Is he going to take the time off? If they had been more seasoned now, I would have just went ahead and started him because uh, I think a lot of times, if you know NFL culture, you know, okay, he's going to play. But mm-hmm. at the time, I had serious doubts, so. I believe I had a Giants quarterback as my backup, and he did nothing. It wasn't Eli. Who was it at the time? Who was before Eli? Oh, uh, gosh. I know they had Kurt Warner at one time, um, but I think this was even further back than that. Uh, the name escapes me. Let me look this um, up. Unless you can think of it. No, I'm going to look this up quick. Uh... Never recall this. This was in the playoffs. This might have even been for the championship. Mm-hmm. And I sat Brett Favre, and naturally, what happened, Ryan? He goes off. Yeah, played for his dad. He won it for his yeah. for his pot. He did. I, I think he even did the you know the sign up you know the hands up to the air. Yeah. Symbol, which just. Uh, Cemented. Right. Oh, man, what a mistake I made. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. It was uh, it was Kurt Warner before Eli Manning. Eli, Eli Manning came in 2005. Okay. Do you yeah. know who was before Warner? No, I'll look that up. How many how many seasons did Warner play for the Giants? Uh, it wasn't that many because I know he was. Um, I'm, I'm trying to remember. Kerry Collins. That's what happens, yeah. man. Hindsight, it's 2020. It is. Yeah. And then there was another case. I think I sat somebody on the bench. Um, this might have been my very first year or one of my early years in fantasy. And I thought I had it made because I had Randy Moss, that Dallas game. Do you remember that Dallas game? No. Might be oh. a little before my time. Was was this in the uh, 
the the pre digital era where you, where you're doing fantasy on 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 the old printed out paper. <laughs> yeah, we chisel out the numbers on rocks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. That, that's how we kept the stats. Yeah, listening uh, to the game on the radio. Right, Commissioner Grog would uh. Yeah. You know, hit you on the head if he lost. Yeah. No, uh, what this was back, like this is one of Randy Moss's most iconic games that helped propel him to the Hall of Fame. Uh, he torched Dallas for like three touchdowns. And in this league, we got bonus points uh, for long touchdowns. And all of his touchdowns were long. So I think he had three catches, and they were all touchdown bombs. Oof. So I had some insane number from him. I thought, okay, I had this for certain. I wound up losing the championship by one point. Oof. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, I know. This I know. this I, was. I could tell you some horror stories, man, that would break your heart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, fantasy football is heartbreaking, man. It's uh. Man. Who who do you think is to blame for the whole the whole Derrick Henry mess? I I remember at the beginning of the season, uh, it was it was the very first game because. It was uh, Miami and Tennessee, and I, I had both Kenyon Drake and Derrick Henry playing uh, against one another, and Derrick Henry went off for like a 65-yard touchdown, and then it was called off, there was a hold or whatever, and then Derrick Henry didn't touch the field for the entire fourth quarter. For what for whatever reason, they liked uh, Deion Lewis there. So, you know, is, is, is the whole thing... Derrick Henry's fault because he was never able to tap into that that potential? Or are you going to blame, you know, Mike Vrabel or some of the coaches on Tennessee? I, you know, I, I think a lot of it is scheme. Because if, if it were a case where Deion Lewis, who we know from the Patriots, is a talented back, hmm. you know, it, it, if we thought it was the offensive line, that, okay, maybe they're not great run blocking, but, you know, uh, we're seeing Deion Lewis or one of the um, third down backs catching a lot of passes and moving the ball that way. But their, their offense was just anemic at times and inconsistent at best. So to me, it's either, you know, the, the team is not familiar with and they're not executing or, or it just hasn't been that dynamic of an offense. And I still don't think it's, you know, very sophisticated mm-hmm. in an offense. But I, I think that that game was just about, you know, Derrick Henry just using his natural gifts and that power, that powerful body. And mm-hmm. the Jaguars just kind of fading. And I also think there's a Thursday night factor. I always wanted to take a look at this. I think the road team a lot of times is at a huge disadvantage and maybe the NFL is going to look at that, but I think a lot of these Thursday night contests have been particularly one-sided, if you look at them, historically. They don't have a lot of time to scheme. Mm-hmm. You know, they're traveling on a short week. Uh, it's, it's tough, man. Phil, you love these uh, advanced analytics, eh? I, I can tell. <laughs> you, you always have these, you know, old Brett Favre's dad uh, just died. He, you know, we don't want to, you know, Oh, I don't want to start him for this reason. You're keeping tabs on the Thursday night game. D- does that come from just just all these fantasy football analytics that 
that you always got to think of, or, or, do you, or have you always been this way, you, even before the whole, uh, you know, writing for the Chicago Tribune? And it... now, now, see, this, this is hurtful to me, because <laughs> I feel like if I was smarter <clears throat> about what I did, I would have invented analytics and fantasy football. Mm. <laughs> and I'm not trying to brag, but I feel like uh, this was, I was always geared to this. I was always looking at these type of things, and then someone came along, uh, and put a name on it and probably made a mint. Hmm. And I'm just slapping my head like, geez, why not think of that? Is yeah. that what this is? You know? Well, you, you even have the, uh, the, the um, you mentioned running backs in like when, when it comes down to the winter because they're, they're trying to pound the ball down there because it's harder to throw the ball. That, that's another advanced analytic that, that you always mention. Yeah, I mean, that, now some of these, uh, I've tried to look for this. I haven't seen anyone, because, you know, I've scoured a lot of sites and, and looked for research. I haven't seen any research that shows um, usage, and if somebody out there has that or, or you find it, please let me know. Um, it, this is just kind of an anecdotal thing, I, I, and maybe it's one of these uh, kind of, uh, what's the word for it? Kind of notions that's passed around in football culture that you know when it's cold, and you hear this in broadcasts all the time. Oh, it's cold. I'm going to run the ball. But it does seem like running back stats do pop when it gets to December. Like there's always two or three running backs that have some of their biggest games uh, when it turns cold. So I, I don't know if this coincidence or if there's a a particular shift because it's windier. Uh, now, they will say that, you know, there's certain weather elements, and the players will say this, there's certain weather elements that are negligible, and then there's some, uh, like windiness, uh, that they really do worry about. I think they worry less about snow. Mm-hmm. So... There, there could be some truth to it, but, you know, I, I'd like to get a chance to delve a little deeper in that and see if there's some numbers that'll show us some true trends that we can attribute to right. the time of year for whatever reason. <clears throat> hey, man, I think there, there's something there. There's something there in your uh, advanced analytics. And let's get to this question, man, because I'm, I'm excited about this. I, I want to know what, what you think about this. Um, so for those of you uh, listening who aren't aware, Phil, you're two and two in picking my matchups. And that's the reason I love having you on. Uh, the first time you came on, you said Kenyon Drake over Aaron Jones. That ended up working in my favor. I think Kenyon Drake went off for like 22 yards that game, or 22 points that game. Uh, second time you came on, I believe you said Aaron Jones over Cordell Patterson. You know, that was a bit of an easy one, but you blew that one uh, out of the water. And now for perhaps the most important and perhaps the most difficult decision yet, I present you with this. And you know what? Maybe let's add uh, Aaron Jones to this. Be- before, I just had these three guys, but take two two of these four guys. Who am I starting at running back this week? And I'm going to give you the matchups as well. We have Chris Carson taking on San Fran. Kenyon Drake taking on Minnesota. Jalen Samuels taking on New England. And uh, let's throw Aaron Jones in there. He's taking on... Chicago Bears, two of four of those guys. Okay, so you have Samuels, uh, Drake. Carson. Carson. Well, let's start with the easy one. Carson, 
Okay. Against the, um, you know, regardless of Rashad Penny, regardless of Mike Davis. You better uh, not say anything against uh, uh, that that bad against my Forty uh, ers here. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I've I've been ta- I've been I've been hearing it from all angles this year. Look, I actually like the team from an offensive standpoint. <laughs> yeah, no, they're uh, they 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 definitely need some work. No, be honest. Yeah, but hey, you know you need these teams that are are they're going to lay down and let your people score in fantasy. I mean, how boring and tough would it be if everybody had a great defense? Mm. You tear your hair out every week, and it wouldn't be fun. You need Somebody where, you know, they're going to let your player go off. And I think Chris Carson has that, that matchup here. Okay. Especially on the road, you know, you, you just want to wear a team down, time of possession. Um, I, I believe that the game is on the road, right? I, I don't think it matters at this point, but I think you're right. I think there was already uh, – I think they already played in Seattle. Yeah, 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 they already played in Seattle because Richard Sherman had his – his uh, his comeback or whatever, and, and he was in in Seattle for the first time. Yeah, I just thought about that because I was thinking, no, they already they already had their game there. Yeah, two weeks and ago. Yeah, right. So yeah, so even even more so. Uh, I mean, they're going to have home field advantage. They're, they're just going to pound a rock through through Carson and Penny. Uh, I even think Penny's a possible play. Um, now the next one is. Uh, now, it is I don't tough. know your scoring system. Are you, are you a yardage-based system? Yeah, no no PPR, that kind of stuff. No, just just the regular yardage and uh, touchdown or six points. And uh, how much? Uh, how many points per yard or how many yards per point? Uh, what is it? I think point one probably for a yard. Oh, so you're fractional. Okay. yeah, yeah. Okay. This is a tough one. You said between Samuels. Drake and Jones. Yeah. Here's the thing. With Drake, you don't know if he's going to get the ball because they've been giving it to Frank Gore right. so much. And that scares me in, in the championship. And the same thing with um, with Samuels. And I'm, I'm kind of waffling between Samuels and Jones here. Hmm. Um, the thing, if, if it weren't for Steven Ridley, I would say Samuels for sure. Hmm. But, um, you know, just for knowing who's going to get the ball and, and knowing that whole division factor, I might would go with, um, with Jones there. It's tough so against that Bears D. What's that? That, that Bears D, that, that's the only thing that's just... It's making me so hard to, to make that decision because their D is so damn good. It is. It is. But, uh, I mean, don't forget that the, the Lions were able to run on this team. Hmm. You know, with, I mean, first with um, Kerryon Johnson and then um, and even guys like uh, Garrett Blunt. I think it was on the uh, Thanksgiving Day. Yeah, I think he scored two touchdowns, yeah. I, I think there's a thing where you, when it's a division game, 
those coaches and those players know personnel better than a Rams would that never, you know, hardly ever sees the Bears, hardly ever plays at Soldier Field. You know, they're coming into a situation virtually blind. Whereas your division opponent, especially your rivals, know you mm. and, and know your weaknesses. So that aspect of it doesn't scare me as much. Um, I, I think the thing that I would look for is I was going to do a deeper dive into it, and it is, you know, the playoffs. I, I would monitor reports to see what they're saying about how they're going to use Samuels, um, how they're going to use Ridley. Because keep in mind, Ridley scored, even though uh, Samuels put up big numbers. Right. And, the, you know, the Patriots are very good at taking away what, you're, what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Kind of a, a bend but don't break type of defense. So I'm always nervous about matchups against the Patriots defense, no matter how, quote, unquote, soft they're supposed to be, especially uh, this time of year when they're usually locking down playoff position. Yeah, and, uh, you know, then then I got – Obviously, Christian McCaffrey. You know, I'm not, I'm not even going to touch him. He's a lock, but he's he's going against the Saints defense. I I don't have too many good matchups. You know, the the matchup thing is is what's scaring me this week. Oh, I wouldn't worry about Christian McCaffrey at all. No, I have him in another league. Um, so you, you have Christian McCaffrey in the same league? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he he's my lock. Oh yeah. <clears throat> All right. Back. So Jones, Jones or Samuels would be your your third guy, your flex. Uh, yeah. Well, I got Christian McCaffrey like just in the flex position because he's on the Monday night game. But but yeah, these guys are are who I'm deciding who I should put in um for my other running back spot. Oh yeah. All yeah, right. Well, if you got Carson and McCaffrey, you should be good. All right. Count, and count your blessings. Yeah. We got Patrick Mahomes too. We got A. B. Robert Woods, Eric Ebron. Yeah, you you could start the conversation by saying you have Mahomes. <laughs> Game over. Yeah. We'll see, man. It's a uh, it's a tight matchup. This other guy, he's got a pretty damn good team too. Drew Brees, Ezekiel Elliott, Sony Michelle, Julio Jones, Devontae Adams, Gronk, Jeff Wilson Jr., Mason Crosby, and the Redskins D. I don't know. Maybe he likes that Jacksonville, uh, that Jacksonville matchup. But this is also the same guy who last week started the Giants D over the Redskins. I don't know how he foresaw that. They put up twenty points. Yeah, because they were starting Mark Sanchez. <laughs> right. That's, that's not genius. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. The same thing you said about Nathan Peterman too. Yeah. 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 Say, oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, you know what? I'll uh, I'll let you know how the matchup how the matchup goes. I'll, I'll send you a picture of it at the end of the week. And uh, you know what? Just because I'm greedy, I, I got a, I got a bonus question here for you. Sure. Vikings D versus the Dolphins or the Saints versus the Panthers. Vikings D versus the Dolphins. Yeah. 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 
Saints D's been Saints D's been putting up some good fantasy numbers this year. Yeah, they have. They have. Um, I like home matchups though. Yeah. And I mean, again, you know, you got to do your research. Look at where Cam's shoulder is. I mean, they, he may check down and, and kind of uh, negate their ability to, to put a rush on him. Mm-hmm. Um, and, again, another division matchup. I, I think, personally, that the Panthers are going to be up for this game. Everybody is throwing dirt on their grave right now. Mm-hmm. And it's a Monday night, and they're ready to say, oh, Saints are going to bear. I mean, think how we all thought that Saints were just going to destroy the Cowboys. Right. How that turned out. Mm-hmm. I, you can't ever make any assumptions in this game. No, it's – and the Giants beating the Bears, I, I, I really don't get the NFL this year. It's hard, man. <laughs> it's – Yeah, I, and I wasn't surprised by that because they had Saquon Barkley. It's true. Yeah, and, another, uh, another running back. Look, the Bears can be had in the running game. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if they, if they don't get a good rush – on people, and there have been games that they have not gotten a good rush. You know, their court, their cornerbacks are pretty good, but they're not locked down. They're not Byron Jones out there. They're not Xavier Rhodes, mm-hmm. uh, especially a Mukamara. So, you know, they're, they're a great defense when everything's clicking. They're a tremendous defense when they're at home. That's the only thing that would give me pause. They they seem to play much better at home than they do on the road. But um, yeah, it's right. The game is in Green Bay this, uh, this week too. No, I think this one is at so. Well, I thought I thought the Monday night game was in uh, Chicago uh, in the first week. No. Yeah, the Rams were. Yeah. The Rams game. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 All right. All right, Phil, I, I got nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, have you decided um, which way you're leaning um, for that third running back? It's tough, man. Uh, I never got a straight answer from you, but I do like I do I, I like <laughs> I like Chris Carson, you know, that's for sure. Um Yeah, I don't know. Like Something's telling me, too, about Kenyon Drake, because I feel like any time I've ever sat Kenyon Drake, he's always, he's always done some nasty things to me. I don't, I don't like sitting him for whatever reason. He, he's another wild card. Uh, well, yeah. Especially what he, what he did, what he did uh, last week against, against, the, uh, against the Patriots, too. Right. It was mostly Frank Gore, and it took a fluke play to save his day. Mm-hmm. If, if uh, you know, the Patriots played that right, had the right personnel on the field, it, you know, some leads you would have ended up with a goose egg from Drake. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, uh, I've been watching him all week because he's one of the guys I was very high on in the preseason. 
he's been very up and down. Yeah, he could have an explosive game. He, he, at any time, he could take one to the house. But when it's the, the fantasy playoffs, you want to get the guy that has the volume. And that's, that's my only point about Aaron Jones. And he's one that can take one to the house. Now nah, you're right. I, th- I, th- I think we're going to do Chris Carson and Aaron Jones. I like it. Okay. And, and they are at close to field. Let's, oh, you, let's you just looked that up? That. Okay, yeah, yeah, it is, it is, it is in Chicago. Yeah, yeah, be doubting myself there, Ryan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. For some reason, I, I, th- I thought that Chicago had the, the Monday night game and uh, during the first week they because. Did. They did. Uh, oh, that didn't that did that game didn't happen. Uh, Chicago didn't play Green Bay in the first week. When was that? Second week. No, Chicago did play, but it, it, Chicago played in Green Bay in week one. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know where the confusion is happening here, man. You're, you're trying to throw me off like that. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. So, wait, what are you, what are you so, saying about the Rams game? When, when was that? that? Oh, yeah, that was last Monday. Thursday. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, not Thursday. I'm sorry. Yeah, um, I'm thinking of the Chiefs. Yeah, the Chiefs is Thursday against the Chargers. Yeah. I, I'd like to know your thoughts on that. Um, with Rivers, that's huge. Rivers that's going to be a game, man. Uh yeah, no, I mean, I obviously want to see Patrick Mahomes do some nasty things to the Chargers' defense, but uh, they've been they've been surprisingly really good this year. Yeah, I'm surprised you didn't ask me about Spencer Ware and Damian Williams. You know what? I did. I did actually have that that written down uh, because Spencer Spencer Ware's hurt going into this week too, right? Yeah, that so, needs to be monitored. They acted like it wasn't that big a deal, right? Do you think do you think Damian Williams can can pick up where where Hunt left off? Well, neither one of them can pick up where Hunt left mm. off. I, I think I still think Ware is the more versatile guy. Um, now, what concerns me is you know when they brought in Williams, is it because uh, Ware was hurt, or are they using Ware between the twenties? Hmm. We haven't seen enough to know what their usage is. This was this played itself out earlier in the season with um, Jack Doyle and Eric Ebron. They were uh, using e- uh, Doyle between the twenties a lot, and then the, the high value targets yeah. were going to Ebron. And Doyle fantasy owners like, what is going on? You know, you see this a lot. You've seen this um, in New England a lot of times. They'll They'll say, okay, we'll let you march down the field, and then we'll let this other guy score. And you're like, well, this guy did all the heavy lifting, mm. and then you're going to take him out. I mean, so that that's my concern with where, although where did, you know, his first week subbing in for uh, Kareem Hunt, he did have a goal line score. Mm-hmm. There, there's just no indication in the, from the reports that I've seen that, specifies a certain role for Williams and a certain role for Ware. And it's not like Williams is that much bigger than Ware. So it's not a clear thunder and lightning situation that we're looking at. 
You remember last time? You remember last time you were on the show, and uh, I was I was telling you that I that I made that Chris Carson trade for Aaron Rodgers, and you you were saying, you know, what the hell were you thinking? That's looking pretty damn good now in in uh, in my favor. And the guy that I that I traded, I'm playing him him this week. So if I can, you I'm going to use Chris Carson no matter what. Just you yeah. know, and and if Chris Carson ends up ends up winning the game for me, that that's a power move, Phil. It is, I, and I give you credit for that. Yeah. Look, my thing with Seattle running backs is you never know who's going to be healthy. It wasn't about Carson's ability or the Seattle running game. At the time, it looked like you, know, you didn't know if this guy was going to play the rest of the season. He was getting banged up a lot, but yeah. he rebounded and looked strong. So yeah. you got to go with the information that you have at the time. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, I thought Rashad Penny, you know, I'll be totally on up to it. I thought Penny, their draft pick, they would be invested in having him take over that that situation, mm-hmm. and that may happen in the off season. Who knows? Yeah, I don't know, man. Phil, uh, appreciate your time as always. I'll I'll keep you posted. Uh, I appreciate the insight as always. Um, let's hope we do this. There's yeah, and some big money at stake. If my, if my Aaron Jones pick comes back to haunt you. Yeah. I'll uh, totally own up to it, but um, <laughs> I'm, I'm going for volume here. All right. Well, we'll, we'll have a post-mortem uh, discussion about this. Oh, absolutely. And I'll, I'll let you know how my team joins. How are you doing, by the way? Yeah. What, what, what's your fantasy situation like? Are you heading into semifinals in any of your pools this week? I am. Um, well, one of my leagues is just starting the, the playoffs. So, fortunately, like I said. Oh, you, the week 17 thing? Yeah, there's, um, there's one, it's this PPR league and ESPN is goofy because they're doing a two-week system. I've never done this before. Ooh. So, I'm, I, I just had the first leg of my semifinals yeah. this week. So, um, I, had the number, I had the top seed in that league, um, and I'm already up on my opponent. Yeah. So, we'll see how this one turns out. We did that for uh, for baseball this year, and it was the first time I ever did the two leg thing. But I had no idea, like that 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 was the case. And I thought that I had moved on to the finals and won. Turns out, uh, there was another week, and I and I lost the whole thing. I was like, "What the hell is going on here?" Yeah, who does that? I I didn't even realize when I uh, signed up for this group. Had I known, you know that 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 does sound pretty cool. Uh, I, I think that would only re- that should only work for a championship, though. I don't I don't think that should work for semifinals. Yeah, I, I still well, it's fine if you do your semis in fourteen and then fifteen, sixteen as your finals. But I don't like the sixteen, seventeen championship. No, I don't like week seventeen. No, not at all. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, who does that? But I I guess the challenge is just figuring out. Who's still going to be competing for playoff positioning, and then trying to lock in those players that yeah. you know are likely going to play all sixty minutes? Well, that's going to be a strategy in in itself, right? Just just determining who teams are sitting and who, who's going to be starting, so they can try and you know compete for their incentive bonuses. Showcase them to see 
you know, is, is this going to be our guy next year? Right. You know, like a Dante Pettis. Like they may want to uh, feature him a lot to see what they have in him. Um, with nothing else to play for. What do you what do you think about that uh, quarterback situation, by the way, in San Francisco? Because I was having a conversation with with a buddy of mine about this the other day, and and uh, it, it was right after San Fran had just beaten the Broncos, and you know, obviously, I hadn't seen a win from this team like that in a very long time. So I, I was I was getting up on social media, and and I, and I was <laughs> I was bragging about it a little bit, and uh, one of my buddies was saying that Nick Mullins is the quarterback of the future after, you know, cause I was like, Oh, you know, imagine this defense with, with, with Jimmy G at the helm. And he's like, no, I, I think Nick Mullins is, is your quarterback of the future. What do you think about that? Honestly, I, I don't, I haven't seen enough of Mullins. Mm. Uh, I've seen maybe one game of him. So I couldn't make a, a really informed decision to say, oh, this guy is that much better uh, than, Garoppolo. Uh, actually, I haven't even seen enough of a Garoppolo uh, to me. Now, at first blush, Mullins just looks tougher. He looks more confident. You know, I don't think he... It doesn't seem like he lets mistakes get to him. And that could be because you know he didn't expect to be there. Sometimes, for a guy who's got nothing to lose, you know, they play a little looser. Mm. You know, he, there's no expect. There aren't the same expectations on him. That that's are, what I'm thinking. That 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 that's that's exactly what I was thinking. And I thought the exact same thing at the beginning of the season when people were comparing Kaepernick's numbers to uh, to Jimmy Garoppolo's numbers uh, from from last season when, when Jimmy Garoppolo ended ended up uh, starting for us and and he won like six straight games and. Uh, you know, they're comparing it with Kaepernick's numbers, and I was like, well, you know, it's a little different when when guys are competing for when you know when there's there's nothing at stake versus guys who who are competing for a playoff spot. You know. No, absolutely, yeah. and and that's why things can can turn so quickly. You never know the psychology of uh, if they come to Mullins and say, oh, okay, now you're our guy. Right. What that does to to someone, you know, sometimes when somebody gets the, you know, they play hard for a contract when they get the contract, mm-hmm. they can't get that same fire. Mm-hmm. There's a multitude of reasons why these guys play well or don't play well. Sometimes somebody tinkers with the scheme and it, they don't have a well-rounded enough skill set to adjust, and you may not notice it because you're not privy to seeing what's going on in in the meeting rooms. But this particular coach's scheme may be tanking this guy's career. There's a whole slew of reasons. Oh, and by the way, I, I wanted to point out, you know, one of you dirty Patrick Mahomes owners. I'm facing Mahomes in my main league. Okay. In the semifinals. Okay. So I'll be rooting against him. Mm. Just letting you know. Yeah. No offense. Well, you know what, man? You, you can't. You can't root against Patrick Mahomes because this guy and the – one of the things I like about this guy uh, coming into this week, it always seems, you know, if, if Patrick Mahomes say he'll do something a little, uh, you know, he won't have a bad week, but he'll he'll have a week, you know, kind of a hidden week. Just like last week, you know, put up 20 points. 
you always look at those games, and what does he do the next the next week? He, he'll put up 35, 38 on you. And, uh, yeah. you know, that, 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 that was some of the, some of the guys in, in our league. They, they were talking about, I, who was it? It was Patrick Mahomes. He had a bad week. A.B. had a bad week. Uh, Robert Woods had a bad week. You know, you look at these consistent guys, and the most dangerous thing is when these guys have bad weeks because the next week they're going to they're gonna drop 30 on you. Oh, absolutely. And that happened to a, a friend of mine. He had, uh, I'll never forget this. This was me in my own team. He had Tom Brady and Randy Moss when Moss was in New England, that huge year. Right. Where I think they connected for like 23 touchdowns. And he also had Terrell Owens, who had uh, his best year with the Cowboys. Yeah. And this, this guy mowed through us the entire regular season. Uh, I think he went on like a, a winless streak. I mean, a win, a win streak. I'm sorry. Yeah. And no one could touch him. It's the week 15 semifinals. I think he gets 15 points between uh, Brady and Moss and maybe another 10 or something like that from uh, from Owens. He wound up losing that game. Jeez. Yeah. Mm. There's – look, man, you can go back. There, there are Peyton Manning games where he's done this to people. Um, there, there's – all types of, you know, something about week 15 where you can make no assumptions. Mm-hmm. And one of, one of the scariest things, too, is the fact that Mahomes doesn't, he doesn't have, doesn't have a guy to hand it off to like Kareem Hunt. So he's, he's going to be looking deep that whole game. Yeah, and that's the thing that scares me. And if and when, when uh, where is in there. He's going to be dumping off a lot to wear. So right, yeah, if wear plays, yeah. His yardage is ridiculous as it already is. Yeah. It's just going to be insane, this game. On a short week at home, it's not fair. <laughs> no, I look forward to it. Ryan, I, I, had, I have the number one seed in this league. Yeah. I thought at the beginning of it, my first three picks, Ty Gurley, DeAndre Hopkins and Dalvin Cook. I thought, oh, this Oof. is a wrap. Yeah. <laughs> and now I'm an underdog. And I'm the one seed. Wow. Underdog. You got McCaffrey too, though, don't you? Uh, no. This, uh, the McCaffrey is in the, um, in the PPR league. This okay. Is, uh, a standard league. So yeah. I have um, the three I mentioned. Also, my quarterbacks are uh, Cam Newton, Golf, and Trubisky. We roster three quarterbacks in this league. Who who's in this league with you? Do you use like you know your old buddies from school, or is there like a secret league full of just beat writers from around the country? <laughs> <laughs> no, this, these are uh, some are a combination of buddies. Some are people I've met through my job. Right. Um, you know, so it's a mix. That's what I like about it. It's like kind of a mix of pros and joes. Yeah. Who's who's that guy? Uh, who's who's that guy that writes for NFL.com? He writes the fantasy for them. What's his name? Uh, well, there, there's a lot of guys. That... Who's that main guy? He's he's got his own he's got his own show. This this is oh, the this is the guy that told me to sit Eric Ebron when Eric Ebron put up 25 points. 
Yeah. Um, uh, Fabiano. Fabiano. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I want to see you in a league with 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 guys like that. Oh, I would. I would love. I, I have several bones to pick with Fabiano. Yeah. So yeah. I would love that. Make that happen, Ryan. <laughs> I'll see what I can do. Hey, man. Absolutely. I I uh I got to get ready for 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 work. Got to get to my day job. Phil, always a pleasure, man. You too, man. Thanks for having me on. Uh, there he is, ladies and gentlemen. That is Phil Thompson from the Chicago Tribune. Um, one of the things that we were talking about was uh, the possibilities of Spencer Ware playing. He will not be playing this Sunday. Um, that is from, from Phil himself. He wanted me to address that on the podcast. He sent me an email, and uh, he reminded me Spencer Ware will not be playing tonight. Um in that matchup versus the Chargers. That's a huge, that's a huge matchup, by the way. Uh, we've been gifted with a great Thursday night football matchup. Um, you know, we, we, haven't, we haven't been given too many great Thursday night football matchups. This is a hell of a matchup, uh, and I can't wait. That goes down tonight. Um, and ladies and gentlemen, we're nearing the end of the show, and... Uh, it's that moment you've all been waiting for. Here is the story about the crackhead. So uh, a few days ago, I was on my way to work, and I was uh, sitting in Tim Hortons. I had just gotten um, my iced coffee and a breakfast sandwich, and I'm sitting down. I got about 20 minutes to work. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a pretty nice day out. The sun is shining. Um, got ample time before I have to get into work and things are good uh mind you this is the sketchiest Tim Hortons that I've come across in quite some time um I'm not gonna say the sketchiest ever because I've been to some freaky ass Tim Hortons in Toronto but this is this is a special Tim Hortons this one is uh you know I I, I tell you guys how how homeless Ottawa, the homeless people are smack dab right in the center of the downtown core. That's right where this Tim Hortons is. Um, this is the same Tim Hortons where a homeless guy had approached me while I was in line to ask him, uh, you know, where he asked me for money. I ended up buying him a friggin' breakfast sandwich and a coffee with six sugars and three creams. Yeah, it's that same Tim Hortons. Um, so... What happened didn't exactly surprise me, but um, it certainly made for a great story. So I'm sitting there, and I'm eating my breakfast sandwich in peace, and uh, this guy walked in to the Tim Hortons, and at first I thought it was because this guy was cold, you know, because he, he's starting to dance a little bit. He's doing the shimmy. Um, but he's just kind of waiting at the door. And I looked into this guy's eyes. And his eyes were just, you know, fluorescent red. And then all of a sudden, as if I hadn't even, as if there hadn't been any music on before, all of a sudden, I, you know, I don't, I don't know if the song was already playing. I don't know if there was music playing before this. 
But it was right then where the volume all of a sudden rises about because you know I'm 10 levels. And Megan Trainor's All About That Bass is blasting in the Tim Hortons. If you guys have never heard that song, this might be the worst song that has ever had the displeasure of getting on the radio. And this guy's loving it. He's dancing to the song. He's he's at the front of the store. He's shimmying. He's shimmying. And I look around, and nobody else is really looking at this guy. But he's like two feet away from me. There's like a little barrier that is between me and this guy. And I'm eating my breakfast sandwich and I'm pretending like I can't notice it. And then I'm like, you know what, fuck it. I, I can't leave because if I were to leave, I would have to move this guy out of the way to get to the door. So he's bopping his way to Megan Trainer, and I'm like, you know what, fuck it. I moved to the seat because uh, we were both facing in the same direction at this time. And I was like, you know what, I got work in 20 minutes maybe about 18 minutes now by this this time. I want to watch this whole thing. So I moved to the seat beside me. I, I put my feet up on, 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 on the chair that was in front of me. And now I'm staying, or I'm sitting directly in front of this guy. Fucking doing the Carlton dance to Megan Trainer's All About That Bass. And I got my legs on the chair in front of me and I'm eating my breakfast sandwich and I'm drinking my iced coffee and I fucking embraced it dude you know I this is the first time that I had ever embraced the, the homeless people in Ottawa usually I'll, I'll turn a blind eye to them I'll ignore them I won't say anything but this was my moment and this was his moment too um, because he's dancing to All About That Bass by Megan Trainer, and he was fucking loving it and I swear to God the minute that that song stopped, he stopped too. He was done. He opened up the door and he left. So this crackhead who I had breakfast with for a lovely two minutes, he got in the Tim Hortons. He wanted to dance to Megan Trainor's All About That Bass. And I, I didn't know at the time. I didn't know if he was listening. I didn't know if he could hear the music. I couldn't even hear the music until I saw him dancing. And then all of a sudden the volume turned up. I see him shimmying at, uh, in front of the door. Didn't know if he was cold, but when he left, as soon as that song stopped, then I knew. That's exactly why he was in there. He wanted to he wanted to come in and, and have a little dance. So if nobody else appreciated it, I sure as hell did. Um, fuck. And I, I think this guy could have could have charged money for that. He could have charged good money for that because that was he put on a hell of a show and I loved it. I was his Huckleberry that day. And um, damn. Hell, if I wouldn't pay for that again, I absolutely would. Uh, I had breakfast with a crackhead who danced along to Megan Trainor's All About That Bass, and I had my feet up. And I'll be damned if that wasn't the best Tim Hortons breakfast sandwich that I've ever had in my entire life. Um, ladies and gentlemen, that's about it. That's about it for this show today. Uh, 
let's uh, let's talk though. Um, 2019. I, I wanna I wanna get fired from this job, but I, I'm gonna need your guys' help. I, I want I want some ideas. I want some really good ideas. I don't want anything stupid. I don't want you know short work with a skirt on. You know nothing stupid like that. I, I wanna really fuck with this person um, until I get fired. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm gonna blog about it. It's gonna be fun. Um, but. But that's about it, everybody. Thank you for listening. Uh, thank you to Phil Thomas for coming on the show today. Uh, and as always, guys, thank you for listening. Peace.